Hi, everyone. We're conducting an audience survey, and we'd be really grateful if you could take just a few minutes and answer a few questions. Please visit survey.prx.org happiness to take the survey today. That's survey.prx.org happiness. Thank you. The Science of Happiness is brought to you by Progressive, one of the country's leading providers of auto insurance. With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you say what kind of coverage you're looking for and how much you want to pay, and Progressive will help you find options that fit within your budget. Use the Name Your Price tool and start an online quote today at Progressive.com. Price and coverage match limited by state law. One Christmas when I was young, my mom got me a hand vacuum cleaner for a gift. I remember when I opened it, everyone was so confused. It looked like a joke. You know, I was a kid, so like, why would you get a vacuum cleaner for a kid? But when I saw it, I knew exactly why she got it for me. Around this time, I was drawing a lot on the living room table, and I would draw with a pencil, making mistakes and erase. And all this eraser debris would go everywhere. And annoyingly, I would continue to work, but it would always be in my way. So my mom paid attention to that, and she bought me a vacuum cleaner so I could suck up all that debris and be able to work more comfortably. And I think my mom, you know, she was like that with everyone. She paid attention to the details, and she found a way to see what you needed and what would help you live a better life, and she would do that for you. And I think that's one example of what created this close connection I had with my mom. Daniel Chong went from a kid drawing at his living room table to an animator who's worked for Disney, Nickelodeon, and Pixar. Daniel's also the creator of the Cartoon Network show, We Bear Bears. It's about three bears, Grizz, Panda, and Ice Bear, who move to San Francisco and navigate the complexities of modern human society. Daniel's our happiness guinea pig today. He tried one of the research-based practices from our Greater Good in Action website, designed to increase kindness and connection, and he's here to tell us how it went. Daniel, thanks for joining us on The Science of Happiness. Thanks for having me. So you started We Bear Bears Cartoon Network 2015, you know, and I, I got to watch some episodes, and they're still with me in these really interesting, deep, lasting ways. Tell us about the show. The show started off as a webcomic. It was just a goofy little thing. We Bear Bears as a show is about three brothers, Grizz, Panda, and Ice Bear. They call themselves brothers, but they don't look alike. But they basically move into the city, and they just try to fit in among humans. People aren't scared of them like they're bears, but they <laughs> kind of accept them, but don't. They're kind of just tolerated in a way. And I think the bears are just trying to navigate existing among humans. One thing that runs throughout We Bear Bears are these underlying messages of friendship, love, and acceptance. And you do it in a really fun and engaging way. You had the rapper T-Pain on an episode, and you got the actor Leslie Odom Jr., who had just won a Tony for Hamilton, to sing on another episode. So we had this amazing talented artist named Louis Zong, and he just saw Hamilton, and he was like, I want to do this, and I was like, go for it, and he did it. And Leslie Odom Jr. plays a scientist who's doing research on the three bears. He's studying them, and he starts being very scientific about who they are. The bears want to embellish all those things and say, like, hey, no, we're, like, super buff, too, and, you know, we can <laughs> jump super high, and, you know, we get tons of girls. Well, I can't speak for grizzlies, but pandas, we got style, yeah. Whiling away our time while all the ladies dial, yeah. Never-ending hearts and likes on all my latest posts. Extremely cool and popular, though I don't mean to boast. But Leslie Odom Jr.'s character basically just says, no, 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 you guys are bears, you should be happy with that. Well, funny you should mention your prowess with the ladies. Uh, pandas have some issues, there aren't enough babies. What's true is true, what's fact is fact. 
No need to embellish on the traits that you lack. You three are bears, top of the food chain. As perfect as the setting sun, as natural as rain. And I think this is an ongoing thing that we talk about on the show, especially even the first episode. The bears are trying to be viral video stars, and they <laughs> do all these fake things to try to become famous. And uh, they just try to not be themselves. And so the bears are just because they're trying to navigate their way in the world. So it's like they don't know how to do that. So sometimes they do it wrong. And not that humans do that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, humans are perfect. <laughs> you know, one of the things I love about We Bear Bears is the themes of, you know, hyper connection and, you know, bears calling each other brothers and, you know, the tenderness that's often there. But I have to ask you, one of my favorite episodes is Burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell us about that one? Yeah, it was a pivotal episode. Grizz was at the center of it. This whole story was about him having this crazy obsession with his burrito, which is just goofy and ridiculous. You doing okay there, Grizz? Yeah, it's just this burrito. It's so comforting, nice and warm, safe, safe burrito. Well, eat it. No, it's too perfect to eat. I will eat it. Stay away. You stay away from burrito. Let's get out of here, guys. So the big reveal at the end of the episode is that Grizz was actually connecting the look of this burrito with the visual of this fireman that rescued him from a tree when he was a baby. He's holding my arm so tight. Cute little guy. I hope he doesn't get too attached. (laughs) For me, one of the other really strong aspects of the episode is that we don't actually show that the bears are privy to any of that information. It just happens at the end as a bookend for the audience. One of the things I found really appealing is, you know, just all these social issues and dynamics with bears. So why bears? I didn't want it to be specific to any race. I really wanted people to be able to see that, you know, we're all the same, you know, and any person could put themselves in this position where they're trying to fit in and finding their place. What do you think you're after with We Bear Bears? I think the most important thing is the relationship between the brothers. And I think the fact that they aren't really brothers, but they keep calling each other brothers. I think that's (laughs) kind of an important thing. You know, it's like they made their own family and, you know, it didn't matter that they look different. You know, they just kind of chose to be a unit. They were orphans. And at some point they figured out, hey, we're all alone. Why don't we just band together? And I think this could be a little better. So it comes as no surprise then you chose to do a practice about people banding together. You chose the feeling connected practice. It felt appropriate because I feel like a lot of the show is about trying to fit in and trying to find your place, you know, within humanity. And I always believe that, you know, even though we have a lot of differences, you know, with each other, you know, we all kind of want the same thing. Everybody wants to find a way to fit in or be accepted. Can you describe the feeling connected practice for us? Sure. Yeah. So the first part of it is to think of a time when you felt a strong bond with someone in your life and then to choose a specific example of an experience that you had with this person where you felt especially close connected to him or her. And and then the second half is to once that you've thought of that example, to spend a few minutes writing about that experience and how it made you feel close with that person. Who do you think of? Uh, the first person I thought of was my mom because she passed away last November. I'm sorry. And Oh, thank you. And she, it was about a cancer she had for a couple of years, brain cancer. But she 
you know, I've just been thinking a lot about the impact she had on my life. And, you know, in a funny way, a lot of Ice Bear is based on her. No way. Like, my mom used to speak in the third person sometimes. She used to say, like, <laughs> oh, mom wants to know when you're coming home or something like that. Ice Bear wants to start cooking ASAP. Ice Bear got this. Ice Bear appreciates they didn't force romantic subplot. So there definitely are aspects of my mom and Ice Bear. She really wasn't a person that would stop and really have a long discussion with you. Really, she preferred to do things. So I think I've always kind of wondered what was it that connected me to her. Obviously, she was my mom, but, you know, what else was there? Especially with this being probably a very common thing with immigrant children and their parents. You know, there's this cultural gap and communication isn't always the easiest, I think. I was trying to figure out, like, what was the way in which my mom was able to connect with me, even though maybe our experiences were completely opposite. She didn't quite understand what it was like for me being Asian-American and my experiences. One of the prompts of the Feeling Connected practice is to write about specific moments of connection. Can you share with us a bit of what you wrote about your mom? Sure. So I wrote, most of my life, my mom was always a bit of a mystery to me. She was adopted when she was young in Singapore, and for reasons our family have only been able to piece together ourselves, she never wanted to talk about her past much. On top of that, my mom never really could sit with you and have a long discussion or conversation. She was always much more of a person who would prefer to be busy and do things. And there was always this cultural gap in me, feeling understood. But what was great about my mom is that she always showed her support to me by paying attention to the details. One Christmas when I was young, my mom got me a hand vacuum cleaner for a gift. I would draw with a pencil and then make inevitable mistakes, and then I had to erase and erase and erase, and all this eraser debris would be everywhere and annoying, <laughs> and it would just make it hard to work. And so my mom put all this together and was like, I'm going to get you a vacuum so you could suck all, all that stuff so you could work more comfortably. You know, and maybe, like, she didn't really understand everything that I was thinking and what I was doing, but she knew what I needed, and she saw the details of what I needed. And, you know, when at her funeral... People were telling endless stories about that because she was like that with everybody. Yeah. So, and I think that's why everyone felt close with her, including myself. Loving pragmatism. Mm, mm. I just lost my younger brother three months ago. Yeah. And, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, what's striking though, and I really appreciate you going bold and thinking about your mom, you know, in this connected practice. And what I've found is like a lot of these exercises, like even as my brother was really getting sick, it was like thinking about, what do I appreciate about him? And it was this way of keeping him in me, right, and keeping him in my mind and, and keeping his contributions and wisdom alive. Absolutely, yeah. One of the really interesting things in the science of connection is that when you do these practices, just thinking about someone you're connected to, you, you kind of get this surge of good feeling and that makes you want to promote kindness. Did that happen in any way with you, Daniel? I think to me, the show was got me very busy and I think a lot of reflection kind of fell to the wayside in favor of just focusing on making this show, which just took crazy amount of time and hours yeah. and headspace. And I think the nice thing about doing this practice a couple of times is it brought back some reflectiveness into the people I value, the people who've done things for me, the people I care about and, mm. and why. And to articulate them and writing them down definitely helps you see the full shape of what it is mm. instead of this vague kind of idea. It definitely makes me look at the people that I wrote about. It makes me think about them in a very different way. How did doing the Feeling Connected practice make you think about your relationship with your mom differently? 
it kind of opened my eyes to the idea that being connected with someone can mean a lot of different things and it can mm. be accomplished in a lot of different ways. When I think of my relationship with her, just because, you know, she might not have known every like intimate detail of what I was interested in or like even being a person who was creative, maybe she didn't even really understand all the things that I was doing. You know, there were just a lot of different things that I think at face value could have made it very difficult for me to be close with her. But there was something about her that she was able to find ways to hack that system and find a way to connect with me. Well, Daniel, you know, first of all, I want to congratulate you on all your successes. Thanks for We Bear Bears. It's a really powerful piece of art. Thank you. And thanks for being on our show. Thanks so much. Hiring the right team for your business can be a long and arduous process. With Indeed, there are no long-term contracts, you can pause your account at any time, and you only pay for what you need. Indeed.com is the hiring site that helps you find quality candidates with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in their database to help show you great candidates instantly. Want your quality shortlist fast? You need Indeed. Right now, our listeners get a free $75 credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com happiness. This is Indeed's best offer available anywhere. Get a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash happiness. Indeed.com slash happiness. Offer valid through March 31st. Terms and conditions apply. We know from science that giving to others, especially those in need, can make us happier as a community. Unbound is an international nonprofit that partners with families living in extreme poverty, empowering them to become self-sufficient and fulfill their desired potential. When you sponsor a child, young adult, or elder through Unbound, you invest in personalized benefits that support goals chosen by the sponsored individual and their family. Unbound sends more than $100 million each year to support families in under-resourced countries. You can make a real and direct impact, offering hope in the life of someone when they need it most. Partner with a new friend today at unbound.org happiness. Feeling a deep sense of connection and support from people in our lives has countless benefits. It's associated with better mental health, less anxiety, better physical health, and longevity. Omri Gila, a psychology professor at the University of Kansas, wanted to see if feeling this sense of security and connection would also make people more likely to help others. So he did this experiment. He got 90 people in the United States and 90 in Israel to write three lists. The first was a list of people they were really close to and could always turn to for support. The second was a list of the names of family and friends, people you may be close to but not necessarily feel a deep sense of support from. The third list was just acquaintances. Then they were divided into three groups. All the groups did a series of tasks on a computer, like seeing a picture of a sofa and a chair and a lamp and choosing which one doesn't fit. But all the while, people's names from one of their lists were also quickly flashing on the screen in milliseconds, unnoticed. For one group, it was the names of the people they were closest to. The second group saw the names of the people they were kind of close to. And the third group saw names of acquaintances. Then, they all viewed a video of a woman doing very scary tasks in a different room. Like fear factor, right? So you need to look at gory pictures, or you need to, you know, hold the eyes of a dead sheep, or you need to put your hand in an icy water, kind of bucket with icy water. So at some point, she's just kind of freaking out and saying, I can't do it anymore. 
And after they complete that, we also kind of say, okay, you know what? We cannot complete, you know, the study with her because she's not willing to go on. Would you be willing to take her place and, you know, help us and help her out with that? And there are a bunch of other tasks that you will have to do. You know, one of them is to put your hand in this aquarium and let, you know, cockroaches crawl on your hand. Another one is to put your hand in this black sack, which you don't know what's in there. So what we find is that if they were exposed to names of people who are providing them attachment security, they were much more likely to say, yes, I would get out there and help her and to feel, you know, empathy toward her and so on, as opposed to someone who just saw the names of, you know, their acquaintance or a close other who is not providing the sense of security. And what our studies show is that if we can, you know, very subtly make people believe both in themselves of being worthy of love and in others that will be there for them, that can change dramatically how they behave in relationships and, and more broadly in society. So, you know, if we want to make people more trusting and more helpful and more pro-social and altruistic, a way to do it is by, you know, increasing the love, is by making them, you know, see all the uh, relationships that they have or they can have and all the support that they can get. So the sense of security is a very powerful method that can have many positive benefits in people's lives. If you would like to try the Feeling Connected practice or other practices to help you feel closer to the people in your life, visit our Greater Good in Action website at ggia.berkeley.edu. I'm Dacher Keltner. Thanks for joining me on The Science of Happiness. We've moved to a bi-weekly schedule and look forward to sharing all new episodes with you in two weeks, and every two weeks after that without interruption. Our podcast is a co-production of UC Berkeley's Greater Good Science Center and PRI-PRX, with production assistance from Jenny Cataldo and Ben Manila of BMP Audio. Our producer is Shuka Kalantari. Our associate producer is Andy Berman. Our executive producer is Jane Park. Our editor-in-chief is Jason Marsh. Special thanks goes to UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Journalism. You can learn more about the science of happiness and find related articles, videos, quizzes, all kinds of stuff on our website, greatergood.berkeley.edu. And shoot us an email. Tell us what you think about what you heard. Send it to greater at berkeley.edu.